Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. It is officially fall because it has finally turned cool at night in Southern California where I live. And this is my favorite season. I love fall foods and the best of comfort goodness, feasting for the holidays. And I hope that the leaves are beginning to change where you are. And with autumn here and winter quickly approaching, I hope that you'll also tune in every weekend so that I can serve up delicious conversation for you. I like to say, and I mean this humbly, that chefs are considered artists, right? And as a chef, I love crafting signature dishes, folding in my own creative touches, letting bits of my personality marinate through, blending textures and flavors to create the ultimate experience. That is my specialty. And you will learn it all here. So please don't touch your dial because this show brings you all the inspiration you'll need all throughout the seasons. And I thank you for listening. I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com. And you'll find my daily dish, often gluttonous, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to call it at Chef Jamie Gwen, so please become a fan and a friend. We have a full plate today and a phenomenal guest, and I can't wait to tell you who's sitting down at the mic. She's a big name and a force in the culinary world and the purest heart uh, that I know, and I can't wait to share Artie Sequera with you coming up. But first, I like to kick off the show with a tutorial of sorts, one that makes you the best cook you know. And I'm always trying to share tips and tricks to help you navigate around your kitchen like a pro so that you can make your dishes come alive with flavor. And if you're like me, then you use a lot of Parmesan cheese. I realized this past week as I was grating a beautiful wedge of aged Parmesan And by the way, you can do it by hand with a microplane grater or a box grater, but I like to chunk it and then put it into my food processor and run it until you get that fluffy, airy snow. That is my favorite kind of Parmesan cheese. In fact, while I love to take a, you know, bite into it on a cheese board, there's something about that beautiful Parmesan fluff, as my son calls it, uh, that just infuses the flavor throughout, let's say, risotto or any dish. Now, there is Parmigiano Reggiano, right? The hard, gritty, textured, fruity, nutty Parmesan. And then there is Grano Padano, which is my favorite, considered the king of Parmesan cheeses. It's aged a minimum of 18 months. It's made in Northern Italy around the Po Valley where they have very, very good cows because I think Grana Padano, if you're willing to invest in it, is truly the most delicious. But no matter the Parmesan you choose, I suggest that you buy the best quality cheese you can And as I said, grate it yourself right down to the rind, no matter how you choose to grate it. 
and you must save the rinds. Because if you've been throwing your rinds away, you've been missing out on putting them to a delicious second use. So by the way, that's how this conversation came about. I got down to the end of a rind and realized that I wanted to remind great cooks that you never throw away the rind. Now, as you collect the rinds, you save them in a resealable bag. And I actually store them in the freezer. You can actually buy rinds today in some supermarkets because the cheesemonger is smart enough to save them and then sell them to you. Uh, And when you need a flavor boost, you transform those collected rinds into rich, delicious dishes because the rind adds this subtle, funky depth of flavor to so many things. Now, at the most basic level, you can actually make a Parmesan broth. Just by simmering the rinds in water, I recommend you reduce it by half. You stir it every now and then because the rinds settle on the bottom and sometimes they stick. Then I strain it and I use that broth in vegetable soups or if I'm cooking beans or if I'm braising and you need a boost of flavor. Because Emeril Lagasse, the great, whom I had the privilege of working for and cooking with for many, many years, taught me very long ago that water has no flavor. I know, amazing. But really, if you can infuse something that you would have otherwise thrown away into pure water to get a boost of flavor, why not? Now, I have lots of other great ways to use the rinds. Are you ready? You want to throw one into your tomato sauce when you're cooking it. It imparts a little bit of flavor and then you pull it out and discard it when the sauce is done. You can put the rinds in a jar, pour olive oil over them. Perhaps you add some garlic cloves, some red pepper flakes, salt and pepper, and you make Parmesan infused olive oil and it is great for dipping bread into. You can throw your Parmesan rinds into a bean soup or a minestrone and then discard before serving. You can throw it into a pot when you're making stock. Any kind of stock for that matter could be chicken or beef because I really do think it adds an umami that you cannot otherwise duplicate. When you're making a great beef stew or uh, your favorite red wine-based braise, throw in a Parmesan rind. It's so good. How about if you're steaming artichokes, uh, add some to the water, lemon juice, your aromatics. It makes for delicious veggies. Uh, You can put a rind in the best tomato soup ever, right? Because it makes it super cheesy and then be sure to add more Parmesan after. And last but not least, when I'm cooking risotto, I always add a Parmesan rind. Now, when it comes to the flavor of Parmesan, a good Parmesan goes a long way, right? You can grate it over cauliflower and it just takes the veggie to a whole new level. Uh, I make Parmesan chicken cutlets where I mix 50% panko crumbs with 50% Parmesan. And when you go to cook them in a mix of olive oil and butter, um, you get just the most delicious chicken scallopini, right? Essentially, the cheese caramelizes with those breadcrumbs. I throw Parmesan into my scrambled eggs. I throw it into my green salad. I think it has that scrumptious, slightly salty flavor that just makes dishes craveable. 
And just as you should always have a bottle of wine on hand for unexpected company, or you know, one of those days, and you keep cookie dough in the freezer in case of emergency, you should always have a triangle of Parmesan cheese in your cheese drawer. Because Parmesan will make any savory dish better, more deeply flavored, more likely to inspire all of those wonderful oohs and ahs when someone tastes your signature dish or Wednesday night dinner for that matter. And so I say more Parmesan, please. I'm big on Parmesan. Really, I am. If you need more Parmesan inspiration, you can always email me, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. It gets you to me directly. Or if you want to share your best Parmesan-infused recipe or dish, I'd love to hear about it, jamie at chefjamie.com. And thank you, Dan, for just sending me an email as I look up at my computer. What do I see? But a request for risotto. Yes, I will gladly share a risotto tutorial, Dan. Consider it planned next weekend. I'll meet you right here and we'll talk about risotto. That is the really, it might be one of the ultimate classic comfort food dishes in my opinion. Did you know that there are three kinds of rice grains that can be used for risotto and that there is one great chef's secret, which you might already know, that makes the risotto truly creamy and comforting and fabulous. All right, risotto 101 or 102 for that matter coming up next weekend. Please tune in. But first, this woman is one of the kindest souls I know. She believes that every day is a gift and she has written a gift, a gift from her heart that is not only a cookbook, but it is sustenance. It is organized by emotions and feelings to satiate your appetite. I think the book is a treasure. I think that she is a treasure and I am very proud to call her my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Artie Sequera will be in your radio right after this. And trust me, you don't want to miss it. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The delicious conversation continues right after this. Tastemakers, trendsetters, top chefs, my goal is to satiate your appetite. Welcome back as the delicious conversation continues. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. A journalist by education and trade, this woman is one of the kindest souls I have ever met. Her joyfulness is contagious, her passion and talent are evident, her faith is absolute. And I am delighted, beyond delighted, to have her grace this show once again. She is Artie Sequera, and her worlds collide in a beautiful new book of prose and recipes and dedication to her God, a cookbook getting very well-deserved praise that is full of heart and inspiration and fabulous food, titled Unwind, a devotional cookbook for the harried and hungry, 
I feel like this book is a gift from Artie to all of us with a message of love and sharing of delicious dishes from her kitchen to yours. Now, I have had the privilege of sharing a stage and a room and a cocktail party and a couple of big round tables with this woman. And I can tell you, she is the center of attention. Her warmth exudes, her generosity is evident. And as a testament to that, she is here after graciously agreeing to my ask to come back on the show as if she needed to add one more thing to her day. But I am ever delighted that Artie Sequera graces this program once again. Hello, my friend. How are you? Gosh. Jeff, that was a serious intro, hon. That was... Thank you. That was every word pure and true, let me tell you. You you. know how people talk about you in this industry. It's very, very sweet. You know, it's so interesting because, you know, we are in the hospitality industry, first and foremost, and I I take that very seriously. Mm. You know what I mean? When it, whether it's, you know, in all the environments that we've been in or in a restaurant I'm like the the whole point is that we try to make people feel cared for yes um and I and I think that's that's so important to me I know how it makes me feel Mm -hmm. right and um and I just think that we have so much that we carry all day long in this day and age that um especially when we do that it stands out you know oh, what I mean? I no feel doubt. the same way about when I met you. It's well, just, thank it you. stands out. Thank you. And by uh, the and way, by the way, and I think your book speaks to that, but that takes effort and mindfulness and dedication yeah. because, look, we've all had a, a bad day, a tough day, a hard day, a crazy yeah. day, and to not snap at the person graciously <laughs> packing the eggs in your yeah. grocery bag. Yeah. Especially if you're Artie Sequera or Chef Jamie Gwen, and not that I'm saying I'm that big, but you do, you know, we we all have to be mindful of that hospitality. Yeah. Yes. I think think it's a gift. I mean, for me, even in writing this book, I mean, the whole idea is that um, it's okay for us to recognize that it's been a rough day. Right. And I think the thing that was happening for me is, you know, going from at the beginning of this second half of my career, right? I started in news and then I moved into this whole world of cooking and food and television. And um, I was so grateful and still am so grateful to be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. I had friends that were posted up in Iraq. They were standing in the bitter cold waiting for Martha Stewart to walk out. I mean, I was like, that's what I could be spending my days doing. And instead, I get to be in the warmth of a kitchen, cooking the things that bring me great joy and trying to share that with people. And so I was deeply grateful for that opportunity and still am. But the thing that had been my sanctuary back then, the thing that had saved me when my journalism career was sort of evaporating, had now become my daily grind. And so I would find that I now related to most people, which is I would get to like 4.30, 5.30, get into the kitchen and go, I've already had a day. Right. Now I'm supposed to cook. You know what I mean? I'm going to cook for these people. Yes. And, more, you know, and with my children who are, you know, the daughters of two very opinionated people, guess what? There are opinions at the table. Oh, no, no doubt. And, and I yeah. loved, by the way, I love the introduction to the book. I've read it cover to cover. It is so pure arty. 
It is. It is. <laughs> there's something just beautifully connected about this cookbook, more so than any I've ever seen. And it was greatly anticipated. And I remember you talking about it over these yeah. past years, that this was a, a true, true labor of love. But reading yeah. the introduction sets the stage for what is to come in the book. And yeah. I laughed out loud because I think <laughs> myself and other people find it very funny that dinner is really hard for you. Like, and yeah. for me, the same. Like, I stand in the kitchen yeah. once in a while, Artie, and I'm like, what will I make? Let me, let yeah. me think about my thousands of recipes and repertoire, yeah. but I can't, I can't pick, I can't think of one, right? I mean, yeah. dinner is hard for you, like everyone else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's hard, and it's hard in, in, the same ways as everybody else, and in in very specific ways, I think that you and I would relate to. Meaning, well, it has to be great, right? This is right. what I do. It has to be creative. What's the newest TikTok trend yes. that I need to be on top of? You know, all these things are running through my head. Right. And so, the thing that had you know once given me so much joy was now actually stressing me out beyond measure. <laughs> and so, the the book is a is a response to um, many many years ago. Um, this woman that owns a you know, an Indian market on the west side of Los Angeles, I was talking to her and she said, well, you know, I, I pray before I cook. And she's Hindu. And I was like, you do? She goes, yes. And I teach all my cooks to do the same thing. And I said, but why? And she said, I pray to be a clear and open vessel for God to do whatever God wants to do through my food. And that turned this light on for me. And it's been sort of at this slow simmer and I think that once I started to do it, I felt like, oh, would it, this is, this is the very nature of God, is to take the mundane things, the things that we consider to be mundane, difficult, drudgery, a chore, yet one more thing um, on my list of things to do, and to transform it and turn it into a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever your cook time is, a time where you and God can connect, a time where God can pour himself into you and meet you exactly where you are. And that's what was happening for me because my prayers would start, you know, in the beginning, we're like, oh, please let this turn out okay. (laughs) Please let the kids like Please make the souffle rise, right. Exactly, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, grocery prices are no joke these days. No. I don't want to waste any food. No, and And we've all prayed for that, by the way. Yes, exactly, I know, no more. And then then they became, hey, I'm walking into this kitchen with a burden today, God, and I I really need your help with it. And and I Hmm. just found that, You know, I could do all of the meal planning, meal prepping, 30-minute recipes. I could do all of that. But really what needed to change was my heart. Okay, Artie, we'll take a pause there. If you'll please stay with us. If you are harried or hungry or you just downright an Artie fan, let me tell you, you must see this new book entitled Unwind. It is really beautiful. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio more with Artie Sequera right after this.
back and we're dishing Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Artie Sequera is here, cooking show host, author, journalist, producer, and of course, much beloved food personality. Her new book release, Unwind, is straight from the heart and we're dishing all about it. We all start from those that love to cook. I think we all started from a place. I remember watching my mother cook growing up. My mom cooked like the army was coming to dinner. They never came. Um, there was, there was a dining room table full of food, but that was her stress relief. And for me, it was always peaceful and enjoyable. And I learned that concept of something being cathartic through her. But like you said, as time goes on, you do it as a career or your life gets busy, full, stressful, and otherwise that feeling changes now, I'll tell you something interesting, and I, we've talked about religion before, you and I, yeah. m- minimally, but we have. I've read your book cover to cover. I am Jewish, and yeah. I'm very forthright about it. We are not yeah. particularly religious. I would call myself more spiritual. One of the things mm-hmm. I have always loved about you is that your devotion is never preached to your audience. It is shared, instructed, inspired, educated, and you do it in a way that is sheer devotion. And you exhibit that devotion very beautifully in multiple facets of your life. For the people that know you, they know that devotion is a million percent with your children, with your career, with your talent, with your faith. And I would love you to talk about devotion because that's what I took from the book, albeit we have a different religious belief system, you and I, and, and all of, many of us in the world, we're, we're all different that way. Yeah. Well, I think, I firmly believe that we, well, first of all, that we were created, but also that we were created to worship. And so all of us are worshiping something, even if we don't know it. Um, and so we're all built for devotion. We're all built for adoration. We're all built for that. Um, and so for me, you know, I feel so fortunate that I, you know, from my perspective, God found me, right? I didn't find God. God found me. He plucked me out of the darkness and said, hey, open your eyes. I'm right here. Right. <laughs> and I love you and I care for you. And I, I want to walk through this life with you. Um, you know, will you, will you walk with me? Will you bow? Honestly, will you bow? And so, um, but I recognize, listen, I grew up in Dubai. I grew up in a Muslim country. I had friends from all over the world. Uh, I have a Hindu first name. I'm from a country that is majority Hindu, but also has Sikhs, Zoroastrians, Muslims, Catholics, Christians, Jews. You know, there's, there's everything there. And so um, I, I never want to um, turn anybody away from the central message of what I'm saying, which is there's room at the table for you. Mm. I, I would love you to come and sit at the table with me. Yes. I, and so, um, and I think that that is the power of food. And frankly, you know, if you look at scripture, um, God uses food to describe his love for us over and over and over again and to mm. describe who he, he is to us 
over and over and over. So that, first of all, my first joy is that God loves food. Yes. Hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. That is such a joy to me. Right. We love um, anyone that loves food. Right. Anyone that loves food, I can relate to you. And, you know, in the um, New Testament, there is a story of Jesus cooking for his disciples. And he cooks for them, you know, after he's uh, been crucified, after he has died, after he is resurrected, he comes back. And one of the first things he does for his disciples, and now think about the mindset of the disciples at this point. This man that they've given everything up for, that they've devoted their lives to for the past three years, who they believed was the Messiah, right? He's just been killed. And he's gone. And so now they're questioning everything. <laughs> you know, who am I? Who was he? Is there a God? Like, they're questioning everything, I imagine. And the first thing that Jesus does is to catch some fish, scale them, gut them, season them properly, I assume. Yes, we um, hope. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, build a fire and cook some fish for his friends. <laughs> and so... Um, to me, that is, it is so telling about the power of food to communicate beyond what we can say with words. And yes. so that's always been, um, to me, just such a magical thing about food. And I, and I love that you, I mean, obviously, I'm floored that you read it cover to cover, but particularly floored because, you know, we do come from slightly different perspectives. I think there's a lot of crossover, but that's my whole, my whole, you know, my whole heart is to... Um, in this era of so much divisiveness, right, yes. is to say, hey, w- you and I can thoroughly disagree, thoroughly, thoroughly disagree, and yet you and I can ooh and ah over this loaf of bread. Well, and, and we, we can, can come together. together. That's right. We can come right. together. We can find right. a common ground, whether it's the dining room table or a particular dish or yeah. our love of rice, or whatever it yeah. is, right? That common ground, that because, that because central we all eat. place. Yes, because we, we all, all eat. eat. We always eat. Yes, and and we yeah. all have emotions. Some big, some small. My three and a half yeah. year old blessing. You know, he has very, very big emotions. <laughs> um, <laughs> three and a half is hard, by the way, girlfriend. Yeah. Let me tell you. I know. Um, I know. But the know. the book is organized by emotions and feelings yeah. and. Yes. how you satiate them. So yes. I, we have to talk food, of course, because mm-hmm. um, Banoffee French Toast Casseroles first on my list to make, uh, <laughs> as it is now the whole world's, because how was GMA, please? And talk about big batch breakfasts, because yes. I love breakfast, and I love breakfast for yes. dinner, so this might be breakfast for yes. dinner in our house. Yes, I would. And by the way, I made it the other day to, to be ready, and um, I used slightly less bread than the recipe calls for, and it was even better. Really? So just a little note to anybody. Yeah. Okay. It just came out, it came out uh, more custody. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? So I, either add more liquid, you know, either add more liquid or use less bread. No, but we're but, telling um, everyone, we'll use less yes. French bread or ciabatta torn into yes. cubes. Yes. Yes. So I got to do, I got to, you know, basically debut the book on Good Morning America, which is such a big deal because Huge. it is. You're talking to America. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a cookbook, but it's also a cookbook with a spiritual viewpoint. And so I took that very seriously. And the thing that I loved is that when I spoke, you know, I always frame the book as having been born out of um, a moment, an acute moment of 
feeling less than, of not having enough to complete the things that are on our list. And that is a human moment mm. that both of the anchors related to and mm -hmm. said, you know what, you're so right. I'm going to look at making dinner differently. I'm going to look at breakfast differently. It is a privilege. It's a get-to, not a have-to. Yes. And here's a moment where I can, however, you know, however you come as you are, right? That's the thing about the kitchen. You come as you are. Um, and that was like actually the tagline for the first church that I, I really went to. It said, come as you <laughs> come are. Come as you are. You know what I mean? And yeah. So um, it was really, it was really amazing to get to make that <laughs> recipe Fabulous. on Good Morning America. Oh. Is, you know, I love breakfast too. It looks so it, good. It is the most, Bonafi is a British pie. Yes. That I grew up with because I went to an English school in Dubai. And so banoffee is banana and toffee. So it would be sort of the equivalent would be like a graham cracker crust, uh, toffee, or I use dulce de leche, um, and whipped cream and bananas. Oh. It is very simple. How could it be it is, bad? It's so good. It's, it's so good. comforting yes. and familiar oh. and inviting Yummy. and welcoming. Mm. And the only thing that, you know, I could think to make it better is to turn it into French toast. Right. <laughs> and turn it, turn it into a casserole. Gil, gild the lily. Us. Yes. Yeah, ma'am. Our grandparents knew something, which oh, is that casseroles yes. are the best. Yes, I agree. They are the best. One pan. I agree. Now, this yeah. is a testament to your Indian-American culinary style, and you've always called mm -hmm. it that, right? A blending, mm -hmm. a melding of those flavors. But a yeah. butter chicken and waffle sandwich... I mean, I know. that is everything I love because you know I love Indian yes. food. So yes. if you made butter chicken and then you made those fluffy, crispy waffles we all loved and you yes. sandwiched them together, there mm -hmm. might not be anything better. Well, the only thing that makes it better is that it's actually fried chicken uh, with all of those seasonings. Right, and then to you taste have like chicken sauce. Oh. So you still get that sort of ooey-gooey, like velvety uh, texture. And then the, I will tell you that when I came up with that recipe, I think my husband had, maybe I'd come up with the idea or he had, I can't remember. My husband's like a wordsmith, right? So he'll come up with recipe titles that he just thinks sound good. And then my thought is to try to actually make that into food. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Back with you in just a moment. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, live with Artie Sequera. Recipes for joy, peace, hope, comfort, strength, all found in the new book from Artie Sequera, titled Unwind, a devotional cookbook for the harried and hungry. Artie Sequera is here, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio as the delicious conversation continues. You have one of the most adorable husbands. He oh, is... You. He is delightful. He is joyful. He yeah. is funny. I know he keeps yeah. your, your, your life light in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. He's just fabulous. And he has the best Thank style you. I've ever seen for a man in a suit with a price tag still on it. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. We oh, went to a party God. together in the desert. I complimented his dapperness oh, and he yes. showed me his $7 thrift yeah. store buy proudly. Yes. Yes. He loves the thrift store. I think the great thing about Brendan is that he is very clear on who he is. Yes. And um, he kind of makes no apologies for it. And so mm-hmm. someone like me who is a people pleaser and public facing, yes. that is such a good reminder constantly. Like, this is who I am, what's and all, right? And I'm not going to please everybody, um, but I will try to be as welcoming and kind as possible through the <laughs> Yes, but he is who and what he is. I mean, photos of the two of you in an airport terminal um, where the man has put an outfit together like I've never seen before. He makes zero apologies. And you accept Mm -mm. each other for who and what you are. That, I think, is the beauty of your marriage. And that's come through in your public persona. Yeah. Yes. So Brent and I, we met when we were 18. We were lived in the same dorm at university. And he, honestly, just to bring it back to food, was such a great um, filter for me to go, okay, here are the flavors that I grew up with. Brendan is a Boston Irish German kid, right? So how am I going to bridge this gap here? He loves food. I love food. I'm going to have to show him some things, and he's going to show me some things. And so I think that that is the, the beginnings of how I now cook, was constantly like, I love him, he loves me, what happens when we bring our sort of palettes together? And, and, it was, and by the way, you know, I learned this from my own mother. I mean, my mom is Indian, we grew up in Dubai, she went to hospitality school, she always, she wanted to be a chef and have a restaurant and the whole thing. Hmm. Um, but I was going to a British school, and so when friends, friends would come over after school, she was coming up with these wild and wacky things where she thought, Here's a version of the things that we eat that I think that these British, American, Madagascar, Italian, all these kids could would maybe like. relate to. Sure. And that's how it started. It was very, hmm. it was never, this whole idea of fusion, um, when it, I think when it doesn't come from that place of I would like to connect, that's when it's confusing. Yes. But when it comes from that really legitimate, sort of earnest, you know, urge to connect with someone, um, I think that's when we get really beautiful food. Mm, I agree with you. And now we understand how your creativity was inspired because Ooh. you you do very much blend your, your culture, your experiences, your travel, your flavors, your American life, your, I mean, Ooh. all of those things together. Um, we love yeah. your love of dates, I love me some California dates. I know you love you some California dates, and I do too, but (laughs) I've never charred them. And this charred date and halloumi salad Mm -hmm. sounds like a really beautiful ethnic-influenced side Mm -hmm. dish for a holiday feast to me. Like, let's add some new flavors to the holiday menu. And I love halloumi. Yes. Well, it would be so great if you did Hard date halloumi, some persimmons. Ooh. I miss persimmons so much. Yes. We don't really get them in North Carolina, but oh, I'm going to send you produce. some. Oh, oh I'm going to send you some. That. I miss California produce really bad, but yes. um, yeah, you know, I I grew up with dates, obviously in Dubai, but they were um, a particular kind that I actually didn't care for. So it wasn't until I had a medjool date that I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me this comes off the tree like this? I mean, it tastes like caramel and 
fudge and honey. Uh-huh. You know, and I remember being at the, I think it was the Santa Monica Farmer's Market and tasting all the different kinds. And there were some that I recognized and went, oh, yeah, that's the one I grew up with. Or even the words, because they're Arabic words, would like come, you know, kind of flow off my tongue in a way that made me feel like I was at home. And so it's been really fun to figure out ways to um, work dates into different dishes. I'm, you know, an ambassador for the California Date Commission uh, because I love them so much. Yes. I am truly passionate about dates. And the fact that, t- to me, it's evidence of a god, honestly, that yeah. something like that. That's how I feel dreams. about mangoes. Yes. Evidence of a God. The book is titled Unwind, a devotional cookbook for the harried and hungry. She is Artie Sequera, and you heard it here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Artie. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate thank your you time, so your passion so much. I can't wait to see you, and I send love to all, and um, hug you. the girls and Brendan for me, please. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, I thank will. you. Okay. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of truly inspiring and delicious conversation. And I hope you thought so. Uh, Huge thanks to Artie Sequera for spending the time, for sharing from her heart. I hope she is as beloved to you as she is to me. And I hope that you loved the delicious conversation. All right. This is my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary inspiration for the hour before you go. By request, I got an email that asked for more cocktails, please. And oh, I am happy to oblige. Yes, I received that email um, from Karen. Karen, I have a cocktail for you that is inspired by the season. Certainly super trendy. It has a a fall or autumn inspired twist because if you love a Moscow mule, you will really love an apple cider Moscow mule. Did you know that vodka and apple cider are the perfect pairing with a little bit of Domaine de Canton or whatever ginger liqueur you like with good quality ginger beer to top it off and a little bit of acid from a squeeze of lime and you have a really delicious autumn sipper. My apple cider Moscow mules being posted now on every social media platform at Chef Jamie Gwen. Chef Jamie Gwen, I'll meet you there until next weekend when I will meet you here. And I guarantee there's more fabulous food in your radio. Risotto tutorial, Dan, promised next weekend. Thank you for allowing me to share my passion for food. And thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. 